everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of That Was a Hoot, an IFNZ Rocco's Modern Life recap series. We are heading into volume two of the comic book series, issue number three. Threve. Threve. Christopher Threves. What was that off of? What George was, Threve. What was Threve? I don't remember. <laughs> was, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't remember what Threve. Is that... Is that uh, the same, like, an SNL sketch whenever they did Jeopardy? Probably. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, one of the like, Jeopardy like sketh. Sean Connery would yeah. write Threve, and he, when he was trying he to bid money. Threve. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong, or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, so issue three is, uh, credits are created by Joe Murray, written by Ryan Ferrier, illustrated by Ian McGinty, colors by Fred C. Stressing, and letters by Jim Campbell. Jim Campbell, you and your letters. Rocco is now working at the Wheelie Clean Car Wash. <laughs> I see what I did there. I don't know why I didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> when I was reading it, I was just, it, it flew right past me. I like that that got that, Yeah, it tickled me for a second. <laughs> Where he cleans cars, go figure. Uh, he left a spot on a car, and the customer is very angry with him. He tells Rocco, I paid for the cleaning. And I want a good, good, deep clean, not some bum shackle wipe job. Rocco tries to tell himself to just get through the day when Ed Bighead walks in looking for Rocco, asking if they have seen someone about a foot tall and depressed. <laughs> oh, I've done a bum shackle wipe job before. Mm-hmm. We find I think out- we all have. <laughs> Hopefully. We find out that Bev has left Ed for a younger, handsomer man. And Ed is beside himself. Also, we ca- on the cash register, we see that uh, at the wheel of clean, there's a picture of a kid and it says, have you seen this boy? He is very ugly. <laughs> Rocco hoses Ed off and says he's a wallaby, not a wallower. And, and they're going to have uh, a boy's night out. With a Z. With a Z. Uh-huh. That's very important. Uh, Rocco calls Heifer and Filbert to get them on board uh, over a four-way call. They keep bringing up Ed's breakup while Ed is on the phone with them. Uh, Rocco says that they need to extend an olive branch, but Filbert says olives don't agree with him, and he doesn't eat any foods that look like puppets' eyes. <laughs> See, he's got like the best lines. Yeah, yeah. He's real good in these comics. They go out to Night Hooves, where the oonts, oonts, oonts music is playing, um, and I love that that's their go-to in any kind of club mm-hmm. scene or even when they were at Chal- when Chalmers was throwing party at mm-hmm. Rocco's it's house. It's the music it's that oonts, oonts, yeah. oonts was in the back. Um, and uh, so Ro- Rocco is wearing what looks like a mesh net dress with his ears and a ponytail. Heifer is wearing a purple shirt tied at the waist with purple striped tights. Filbert is wearing his normal clothes, but with yellow shades. And Ed is wearing a tweed shirt with khakis and a toupee. So all of this is like, it, what is Rocco dressed as like a, a goth raver girl? <laughs> Maybe. You know what I mean? Like that's like that's like a stereotypical <laughs> like ra- like the fishnets kind of a thing almost. Yeah, absolutely. That's what he wants to be secretly. Like is that, that's his nightlife. He's yeah, he, and they're going out. Mm-hmm. It's boys' night out. Uh, Rocco decides to kick the party up a notch and go dancing, chanting "Boys' night." With Heifer and Filbert, Ed sees all the couples around the club together and bursts into tears. And soon they're all standing in deep water, uh, in a deep water of tears. Filbert thinks that he might have thrombosis or gout or turtle toe. Oh, that turtle toe. <laughs> uh, back at Ed's house, Filbert decides that they should try online dating for Ed. 
they are uh, on his banana computer, not to be confused with an Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philbert says a bunch of lines about the online dating game and how it makes him anxious, makes him feel like livestock, and says that the first 20 dates are nausea-inducing, but then you get numb to the experience. So once Ed's profile goes live, Philbert accidentally sets up a quadruple date for the four of them. Rocco and Heifer fall to the ground, and Philbert says, Are you alive? I know CPR, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, Rocco, Heifer, and Filbert get ready for their date when they try to find Ed. He's on the roof of his house with his underwear, in, in only his underwear, crying, and now has a really long beard. He's yelling about how he loves Bev and is throwing things at Rocco, who's trying to get him down. He says he is not going on any dates and not coming down from the roof until Bev takes him back. Wow. Do you like olives? No. Green? No, I don't like, Black? Al- I don't like None olives, of them? period. Uh, I don't green's the good. best. Okay. Preferably. I don't know if you're, I mean, I don't know what the majority of it is. Is it 50-50 split? Like green like, versus black? Do you like black? both? Yeah. You like both, but yeah. you like green more than black. I like, I prefer green over, I I like green by itself, black on things. Okay. So, I think. What kind of things besides pizza? Pizza, salads are fine. Okay. Um, Yeah. Those two. Sandwiches, I guess it. you could do that. Oh, you like, can do them on sandwiches. Yeah. Do I mean, they, they have olives fall. at Subway? Eat no, fresh? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. I'm going to say yes. Wow. That was a full 360. <laughs> Fucking whiplash. All right. Our, our, uh... No. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 180 even. I meant not 360. You're not back at no. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> uh, we, uh, our pickup story for this issue is called Bloaty and Squirmy in Flea Circus. It is written and illustrated by Tony Millionaire with colors by Alex Grushki. Uh This time in, in our little uh, side story, we got Rocco looking for Spunky to give him a bath, which uh, has never happened before ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, on Spunky's blo- uh, on Spunky, Bloaty says that they need a circus, like the flea kind. They go round up some fleas and set up a circus. The fleas jump through Squirmy's ring body. And when Bloaty tries to make a ring of fire, he drops a match on Spunky's skin. And Spunky yelps and jumps into the flea bath Rocco made for him. The end. Do you think that they made it out alive? Oh, yeah. They always <laughs> do. Because they can burrow. Yeah. I think that's how they survive. Like they can... so Do the other ones burrow as well, then? The fleas? Yeah, the other ones. I don't know. I don't know. Though there was a point in time whenever he... The they, bath were they were like, they, Well, I meant like when the, the flea or the, the bath episode... There's a point in time whenever like all of Spunky's submerged in the episode, remember? Yeah. And then like they're on what would be like a small little patch that was like a desert island, but they were like, right. We're the only ones left. You know? That's right. Yeah. I I feel like Spunky's nasty enough that he gets more very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could run a circus, what would the one act be that you would have to have in that circus? Like you've been to circus before. What do what what do you love? What is your your favorite thing about the circus? Uh, my favorite thing about the circus, uh, the clowns are okay, but it's not my favorite. I really always do like, I, I'm trying to be nice because like, I, 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 as a child, I did enjoy seeing the animals in the circus, but I didn't know 
realize the things that they were put through. Of course, yeah. Like all the different kinds of cruelty and stuff that were kind of associated and that's synonymous with circus. Right. Um, so I not really my favorite anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoy watching the trapeze artists though. Trapeze it's is cool. Pretty fucking cool watching yeah. some people just grapple onto one another that high up in the air. Absolutely. I yeah. dig the jugglers, like yeah, and everything that kind of comes with that, whether they're clowns or not, but like <laughs> When they mm-hmm. get to where they're like throwing chainsaws and stuff yeah. back, and I know that the blades aren't like it's not like a ring. Yeah, like the chain is off. Chain kind of is a off, thing but even. like those things are heavy. Yeah, no matter what, if they're running, they got a a motor or whatever in yeah. them. Like that's well, all it's clear. They're cool. like they have gas, oil, everything. The thing's fucking on and yes. operating, yeah. so everything's kind of going. It's even heavier than what it would be if you just pulled one out of a box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right, issue four, volume two. Created by Joe Murray, written by Ryan Ferrier, illustrated by Ian McGinty, colors by Fred C. Strassing, and letters by Jim Campbell. Uh, the bearded and now nude Ed Bighead is still crying on a roof while Rocco, Filbert, and Heifer work on a plan to get him down for their date. Uh, Filbert is nervous about the situation and does a philoblarf. Philo, <laughs> he throws up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ed falls off the roof, and instead of trying to catch him, they all run away. They pick him up, tie him to the roof of the car, and Heifer dresses him up for the date, which is a white dress and a blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> they get they hit a traffic jam because the bread spread McStickies jam truck <laughs> has tipped over and spilled all over the road. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Heifer runs to the jam spilled uh, to the jam spill to lick up all of the jam, and then returns to the car twenty two minutes later, covered in jam. <laughs> the traffic jam doesn't clear up, so Rocco just drives off the overpass they're on. <laughs> later, they arrive at the Seal Club via a tow truck, and Filbert is there with uh, with all their dates, keeping them company like he was told to do. <laughs> Filbert introduces Sky, Sierra, Sahara, and Salamantha. To the guys, Rocco says, hello, me, me, Rocco. Heifer says, I eat a jam. <laughs> and Ed says, I'm a beautiful big boy with a wife, without a wife, I swear. <laughs> a girl at the bar named uh, Henrietta uh, catches Rocco's eye, though, and he breaks away from the group to go talk to her. Meanwhile, it appears Filbert is dancing, but he says that he just gets full of body spasms when his insulin reaches near comatose levels. <laughs> Across the bar, we see that Bev is with a nicely dressed, cool-looking horse guy. Ed spots them, marches over, and starts questioning her and the horse. Then he slaps the horse. The horse does a horse kick to Ed. That's with your back legs. With the back legs, yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, sending him across the room and calling him Marilyn Montode. While all of this is happening, Rocco is hitting it off with Henrietta. Then he notices Ed in a fight and has to leave Henrietta to be able to help Ed. Henrietta sadly leaves. As Ed is getting tore up uh, from the floor up, (laughs) toe up from the flow up, uh, as you've written here. (laughs) He says something about the horse being on a date with Bev. I was hoping you would get that note and it wasn't going to be mine. Uh, Bev hears this and is confused. She explains to Ed that she just went to Florida for work and she told Ed about it three months ago. Then she went out with her old high school friend, Clyde, who she's trying to get hooked up with her friend, Wallace. Ed kisses Bev. Mm. Rocco sees them together and remembers that he left Henrietta at the bar, but she's gone now. 
So Rocco is bummed, and Heifer tells him that he will help Rocco find someone and will keep company keep him company until then. He also tells Rocco that he will le- let Rocco treat him to some pancakes. <laughs> what a nice dude. Have you uh, ever said something weird or gotten tongue-tied when introduced to someone like that? Like, a, I eat a jam. Uh, not not in that aspect. I've gotten tongue-tied before. trying you getting, like, to starstruck? No, not starstruck. No, no, no just, just tongue-tied. Have you, have you met anybody that would, like, talk to anybody that would make you starstruck you think that you would get that way are you like i don't know i met met christopher lloyd and david duchovny like within the same day at a comic-con and stuff and i was totally good so i would imagine that i mean it's it's hard pressed to find some people that are not that they're like the biggest people in hollywood i'm just getting at you i mean to me anyway yeah i mean like both of those dudes are incredible and amazing and i didn't have any issues with that but i think i just from time to time will fumble around with my words and doesn't matter if it's a brand new meeting or if it's uh, the 900th time that I've talked to you. I don't know why, but I met Neil Adams at a at a comic con once, the, the comic book writer mm-hmm. and uh, an artist, I guess sometimes. And I got, I couldn't even think. I was I was so like, I felt so dumb. Like mm-hmm. I was like, um, and and I, like words weren't working for me. And I don't know why, like, I don't know if I was like having like an issue with my brain at the time, uh, or maybe I just can't be trusted to meet people, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> I just can't be trusted. Well, like you, you meet so many people whenever you're out and about, especially whenever you're playing a show. Well, yeah, no, but I mean like, like famous people, I guess. I guess also too, it would help like anytime I've been out playing music, I, I do have like social anxiety and stuff, right. but like playing music in front of people is to a certain extent, a layer of being vulnerable to somebody you're sharing your art and, and something that you enjoy doing right. that you're passionate with, with someone. So it's almost like in and of itself, it's kind of like an opening line, yeah. you know, they're, they're probably going to be the first person that says like, Hey, that was a great set. And like, Oh, thank you very much. And then yeah. you can talk that way. Yeah. Kind of a thing. So that's almost like, Hey, here's my three hour opening. line. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's the only way I can kind of compare that. But I was not 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 necessarily starstruck. But I yeah, I've met some people and fumbled over my words. What was your your first celebrity encounter? Like your first person that you met that was of celebrity stature or saw? You maybe didn't even meet them. Saw. Oh man, when I remember when we were in, I I know we would have seen celebrities at like concerts and stuff, but like within a close vicinity and yelled to um we yelled to shaggy at like disney the singer yes yeah, yeah. yeah um in uh disney world this was oh. like during this was like 2000 so it was like coming off the height of like wasn't me was like that was a thing was there still there yeah. yeah people were it was in the forefront still absolutely um but yeah he was walking around disney world we were in the animal kingdom and somebody said yelled to him in our group and i was just like like the music shag and he went ah. or whatever he did he waved to us <laughs> he had like two other bodyguard people that were around him and his family that he, he had sounded like aaron neville <laughs> <laughs> he was like ah, thank you <laughs> My first one was, I was like, I was going to say, but like concerts, you know, I've been to other well, concerts course, yeah. and stuff beforehand, but I was really not talking I was to probably like to say anything. Between the ages of 10 and 12, uh-huh. and Vern Troyer was like 
mini me had just yeah yeah it's like had just happened or whatever and Vern Troyer was at a car show that my dad took me to yeah was um, he driving a car no he was like signed in autographs and stuff. Oh, yeah? like he was doing meet and greet but like that was the big get was like Vern Troyer was you there. met him and grabbed him I didn't met didn't. him and grabbed him but, Would uh, you have stuttered or stammered your way through it? I don't know. I don't. I'm know. a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little fan. I mean, that's what you would have done. Oh my God. <laughs> but uh, that was cool just to see him from afar. I've never been like a, I have to go meet somebody. Yeah. Like the idea of like seeing somebody in real life has been always been like enough for yeah. me for the most part. Um, and that was that was my first encounter, yeah. I guess, if you will. I got you. The uh, pickup story on this issue four is called Heifer's Sick Day and is written and illustrated by KC Green. Heifer is sick, as the title suggests. Uh, his mom takes his temp and calls him her fat little beaver. <laughs> you think that that's a nod to like Rocco being the beaver? I think so. Or it's yeah. like, what if beaver was is like a term of endearment and like grandpa just really liked Rocco? We just didn't know that. We just didn't know, like, but like the wolf family uses beaver as like a a loving, like they think he's cute. Yeah, like look at that little beaver. Yeah, maybe that's the kid. Like maybe that's like a a version of a baby to them. Yeah, like oh, little little baby. baby, You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so she has to run some errands, but says Grandpa can look after him. Grandpa says, uh, that soup is for wimps, and that he's gonna sweat out that cold instead. Uh, and uh, so he straps Heifer to a bed under a bunch of blankets and starts up a fire like a furnace in the room and like shuts Heifer in there. Grandpa turns on uh, children's mid-afternoon programming and leaves Heifer by himself. Not children's mid-afternoon programming. <laughs> Which is funny because I guess, you know, Rocco's Modern Life was it's exactly that. <laughs> that uh, Heifer hallucinates that the teeth that were on the TV are coming out of the screen. And he starts screaming. Uh, his mom then comes home to find Heifer screaming because of Grandpa's sweated out method. But Grandpa also starts to come down with a cold. <laughs> so Virginia puts them both in the hot room to sweat it out. And they're both hallucinating about teeth. Yeah. What is uh, your worst children's mid-afternoon programming, in your opinion? Oh, man. There's a lot worst? of... Worst? There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. Good's easy. Bad is... Bozo. I'm trying to think the of clown. The, I didn't really watch Bozo the Clown. I'm gonna say Bozo the Clown. That's not mid afternoon though. That was like morning, wasn't it? Bozo. I felt like Bozo was on after school. On what? I don't know. PBS. Is it a PBS thing? I I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> and even then, I would say like Bozo had a few redeeming factors where there would always be like the kids. Some of the kids could wear prizes. Yeah. I remember that about it. Like those like artsy PBS things where they try to teach you stuff. Those are like, never good. Like what? Arthur like was Bob bad. Bob Ross? No. Arthur was bad. I didn't like Arthur. Do you like Arthur? No, I was never a huge fan. I remember reading the book. Same thing with uh, Bernstein Bears. Did they have a cartoon? Yeah, they did oh. as well. I don't remember that. That's the Bernstein. It's the the Birdstein. <laughs> Birdstained <laughs> Bears. Bernstein. Bear, Is it Bernstein? I don't know. Aaron Lewis is insane. He's the lead singer. He is. Um, The worst one. I'm trying to think of like shows that I watched anyways. Right. And shit that I would have enjoyed and things that I would have seen that I watched. So like you, you're going like I'm, the I'm, best of the, the, be- the worst of the best. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's hard. But like, you watch after really, school. 
what did I watch after school? Yeah. Like I said, like a lot of Nicktoons and stuff. You and like Nicktoons. So like until like well, even after I started watching like Toonami and stuff, because that was what always be on after school. Okay. I mean, like that was when I started watching Dragon Ball Z when it was like nineteen ninety six. What was on the WWWB? What was on there? Oh God, was that that was like Goosebumps was on there, Bobby's World. Power Rangers, probably. Power Rangers, yeah, for sure. The first ones. Yeah. Because that was pre first movie and then at that point in time. Um, scum, gum, 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 gum. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark was Nick- Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah. See, I loved both of those shows, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go out on a limb and say, and it's even not as bad, but I'll say something like Fairly Odd Parents. Ooh. It wasn't necessarily like one of my favorites. Yeah. And it wasn't bad, but it, I would rather have watched, you know, something like like Rocco or or Rugrats or Cat Dog right. or Rocket Power or anything like that. You know, like I would rather watch one of those than that. Angry Beavers is one I did not like. They see, I that, that that's that's up there with like uh not necessarily up there with Rocco and Doug and things yeah. like that, but it's it's of the same ilk as like Aro monsters. To I don't me. know why that one just it didn't something about that dynamic of those characters was like ick for me. There's a few things about it that I enjoyed. I don't feel like I feel like I, I could also say maybe Invader Zim, but I, oh, I at the same like at either. the same time point. I didn't I didn't watch a ton of Invader Zim. So there could be some stuff about it that I would have enjoyed. I know that that was like a comic book series and stuff first before it was even a Nicktoon. Oh, really? And there are a lot of people that kind of flocked to that from the comic book from side comic. of things. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily something that was up there too. Like I said, it's not that it was bad. It's just not my, my cup of tea and something that I didn't watch a ton of. Yeah. I was trying to think of like a Disney afternoon book that, or book show that didn't kick like i I don't know without probably name several that i probably would just like i don't even fucking know what that is yeah i just didn't get to it yeah but like and also there was like there's quite a few that were just kind of like they would come and go i feel like like it would only last good bonkers was uh wasn't as was that disney Mm -hmm. for some reason that felt like that was wb to me i don't know why well because tiny tune adventures that was wb yeah animaniacs freakazoid yep oh yeah freakazoid was earthworm jim is that WB? Who they had to have been the one to pick that one up. Who had that one? Yeah, because it's not a Disney or a. Nick but that's property. again, that's another one of those shows that's like niche that only lasted like what one or two it seasons, and it was gone. Or, yeah, I think it was one. Yeah, so I mean, like that's that's one of those things that you could probably fairly easily overlook, and not really. That's one of those ones that I remember watching, and I thought right. it was good. Ducktales, the original Ducktales, was not my favorite of the Nick of the of the Disney Afternoon collection for some reason. Yeah, there was something about that, but. I think I'm gonna go with Angry Beavers if we're going modern. Sure, that would be my least favorite. This has been an IFNZ production. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want me to do the thing? I thought we were done. I no. didn't know. No, podcast day is a very dangerous day.